You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's word today. I want to tell you a little bit about what we do. Um, back in 1992, there was a lot of crusades going on in the, in the Czech Republic. It was called Czech, Czechoslovakia at that time. And tens of thousands of people were coming to the Lord, to a country that was 80% atheist. That, that was a big deal. And I, in, in the year of 92, uh, helped start 12 of those, or 11 of those churches. And uh, Ren and I are still working with six of them to this day. And uh, we, we help with the pastors. You know, being a pastor in a, in, in a country like the Czech Republic is, is difficult. And uh, they need encouragement. And that's one of the main things that we do. We also had started back in 2000 uh, a Romani church. You, you might recognize the name Gypsy. They don't have wagons. Well, they do, but they don't have them like they used to. And uh, so there's, there's uh, a group, actually an extended family. They have a little, they have a king. And, and it's, when they have like a family, it might be 50, 60 people. And uh, they've been born again, changed. They used to be, they, they did what they're not supposed to do. And they did it well for a long time. And when they got saved, uh, it, that totally changed. And so even now, we, we miss them. They miss us when we're away. And uh, finally, I work, we both work with homeless some of them living in bunkers, others living in vacant houses, some sleeping on, on, on benches. Uh, not a lot. There's maybe in the whole city, it's a small city, there's 20. But we've reached all of them. And we have what we call a Bible club. And in that Bible club, uh, we have food, spiritual food and real food. We have, well, both are real, but spiritual food for, for an hour and then they have soup and, and desserts and coffee and tea and a lot of love. And uh, that's been a wonderful ministry. They, we, we, give, we give out clothing. We give haircuts. And that's basically in, in a short time what we're doing in the Czech Republic. But we have people that we have prepared to take our place. And uh, so, like I said, come June, we, you might see us again. That's, that's okay. All right. <laughs> How many people have ever taken a, a mission trip? Even it might have been just a week or something, and it was, raise your hand. Oh, quite a few. Whoa, neat. All right. How many have ever gone more than a week, you know, like a, a month or, or, all right, less less. Yeah, because not everybody's called to be a missionary. You know, if you're, if you're not called to be a missionary, don't try to be one. Although I do st- strongly encourage everyone, because some of you didn't raise your hand, encourage every one of you to take a sh- at least a short-term mission trip. You might work with the American Indians in, in Arizona. I mean, that counts. And that would be an exciting trip for some. Others, you know, not everybody's called to, to the Czech Republic. It's, it's challenging. 
But you know, every one of you has a, a ministry of reconciliation. Every, every single one of us. So you might not be an, an evangelist, and that's okay. You know, if I was working with Gene, I'd want, you know, if we're both talking, nobody's going to understand what's going on. So you don't need to have too many voices, but you do need to go. And uh, you, you need the encouragement. I, I, uh, I used to travel all, I still do, but I, I'd go to India, Africa, South America, Mexico, and uh, Lebanon, and I never, I, I never was afraid, and I was by myself many of those times. Uh, as I get older, I'm, I'm a little bit more sober about it, and so if you want to go with me, that would be great. I need some encouragement. Irena and I go together after we've established a base, and uh, she's, well, I don't want to take time away from her. Um, I want to give you some practical advice, though, in terms of, of missions, all right? Um, I've said that you're not all called for a long-term trip. I, I felt I didn't think I was going to ever take a mission trip other than a short-term one. And in 1980, I had, uh, was going through a tough time. Uh, I had lost my job. Uh, I had, had invested in some housing in New York and Martha's Vineyard, and I lost those properties. Uh, I had some really, really, really difficult relational problems, financial problems, psychological, you know, socially. I know nobody can relate to this, right? Just discouraged, you know, th- life is tough. I don't know why things happen that the way they do, but they do. And I, so I didn't think of myself as ready to take a mission trip because my life was kind of a mess. I, I, I just told you the good parts. You know, there's stuff that I, you know, it, I wasn't living for the Lord some of that time. And uh, so I didn't feel ready to, to, to take a mission trip, but I... Um, a man came and he said, there's some exciting things are happening. And this was, we were living in New York at the time. I was, because Renu and I weren't married. We hadn't met each other yet. And uh, this, we really, I, I somehow got together and got the money necessary to fly out there. And I was going to be part of a group. And I... I left three days before everybody else. And so when I got there, nobody was ready for me. And everybody's speaking Czech, and everything's written in Czech, and all the announcements are in Czech, and the phones are in Czech. And I was, like, overwhelmed. What, how do you, what am I going to do? And uh, one thing that interestingly happened is I got off the, the plane and walked down this ramp the Holy Spirit said to me, Tom, this is what I prepared you to be. This is what I prepared for you. And I knew it. I knew it. It was the strangest thing. I, I loved the smell of the country. I loved the cobblestones. I loved the sounds of the words I didn't understand. 
I, I, the, just everything about it. And uh, here I am at the airport, and, and nobody there to greet me, and I grabbed my suitcases, and I fell asleep on the suitcases. And next thing I know, an angel, seemed like an angel, just tapped me on the shoulder and said, I came here to pick you up. And I've been, that was 19, 1992, and I've been going ever since. So, now, I had to raise, I, when I was going there just for oh, 10 days, you know, I was, I didn't need a lot of money. If you're going to know, if you know that you're called to a particular country, you're going to stay there a year or two years or, or maybe longer. Then you need to raise you need to raise the money, but if you're just going for a short time, you just you know just trust God, trust that God has called you, and and go as as He leads. As far as learning the language, that's a difficult thing. Uh, I had three years of Spanish in, in high school, and uh, and then later on, uh, I went to Venezuela, and I was supposed to join another team there, but. They, there was a problem and they couldn't come. So I arrived in Venezuela and don't have anybody to interpret for me other than my limited Spanish. And uh, I needed a teacher and, and I didn't have the money for a teacher. And the, I'm there pretty much by myself. I'm in a, a village where I'm one of the only persons that spoke English. And uh, so I needed a teacher, and the teacher that taught Spanish uh, got drunk. I had nothing to do with it, but she, she got drunk. She fell down the steps in her house and couldn't teach, you know, because she needed to stand, and she couldn't stand. And, and so, so what I did, she, she taught me for free for five months for two and a half to three hours a day. And by the end of that time, I was, my Spanish was pretty good. I actually later on went to, went to Bible school in Mexico, and that was in Spanish. So uh, I had a teacher for free. But it's not, that's not always going to happen that way for you. you know, this, I'm explaining my experience. Your experience might be totally different. And, uh, but you need to learn the culture. And you need to learn at least a few things. Not everybody's good at languages. I'm still, after 30 years, learning Czech. It's really, really difficult. And, and my, my Czech is baby talk, in a way, gra grammatically, anyway. So, but you need to at least learn to say please and thank you, you know, or my name is something. Uh, uh, just keep it simple, hi, hi and goodbye. In, in Czech, it's easy. It's ahoy. That's high. Ahoy. You can, that, you can get a lot of mileage out of that. You know, ahoy. And uh, and then when you go in, when you're leaving, it's also ahoy. So that's you know, if you don't learn that, you you know, you're not much of a missionary. But you and and you know, you need to show an interest in their culture, their history. You don't be bragging on the United States. Oh, we got this. You don't. You don't, you don't have a Walmart. You know. You don't have our closest McDonald's is two hours away. You know, we say, what? Two hours is too far. <laughs> you know, you know, don't don't brag on the. You know, you can brag on. They'll brag on the U.S. 
they, they have a good opinion of the United States. Maybe they just don't know. But uh, they're, they're, uh, a lot of them are. And so you need to know the culture, you know. Uh, and you need to know enough that you can know when somebody's telling the joke. I, I usually tell because they let, they're smiling, so that's a good indication that they said something funny, so I <laughs> smile too. Uh, but you need the Holy Spirit. I mean, all, you can learn their culture and their history and their language, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit guiding you, you've got nothing. And that's basically the, the, everything you do there. And it's important to know when somebody's joking with you and not making fun of you. Uh, I remember one time we, we had a Bible school, and... Uh, and we had about 35 students, and we would do evangelism, especially in May, the whole month of May, we'd do evangelism. And we went to this little town, and there was a bunch of kids at the fountain in the center, and they, as soon as we showed up, they went <laughs> hiding. And I, I saw a bunch of them go into this little store. So I went into the store, and as I'm walking in, they're walking out, and they're saying something. And I asked the student, you know, what, what, what did they say? Oh, nothing. Oh, they said something. No, no, they didn't. And I, I persisted. They said, something about your mother. And, 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 and so that's the situation where, where not knowing a language can be helpful, you know, because then people are saying all kinds of nasty stuff, and you don't, you don't, you don't know they're saying it. So I'm smiling and saying, ahoy. <laughs> so... Anyway, a um, couple more things. This is pr hopefully practical advice because I'm, I'm really telling you you're missing out in your life if you don't go to another culture. You really are. You know, we're not the only thing, only act in town. And uh, whether you go to Peru, I want to go to Peru with Gene. I, I think... I, you know, I want to do these things. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's doable. If God sends you, he's going to take care of the finances. Oh, your family. I'm going to end with that. Um, a lot of people think that if you're a missionary and you take your kids with you, that you're doing them a disservice. You know, you're endangering their lives. Or you're, or you're, you're putting them in a culture that they don't understand, or a lot of things of that nature, and they're and they're saying, don't, don't. If you're going to have a family, don't, don't go on the mission trip, or wait till they're at least teenagers. And I'm telling you, wait till they're at least a couple days old. You know, that the missions is not going to hurt them. In fact, it's going to do them a world of good. If all if all we see is, is the culture of the United States, we're missing out on a whole bunch of stuff. And it's really, really, really healthy. I've, I've known, uh, what, there was eight or nine men that were, were, went to Bible school, and they ended up coming to the Czech Republic, and they were all single. Nine, there was not eight or nine of us. Five of us married Czech wives. And uh, which was a, a good decision, believe me. And uh, so we, it, 
God opens the doors for what you need, whether you're a, a mother or father or, or, or you don't have children. We didn't, we, when I met Irena, our daughter was already nine years old. And uh, it, it's, it, it's just been a blessing to ha watch her grow. She's now a mother now, so we got grandkids. But God will provide, and you need to be led of the Holy Spirit. And if, if God is telling you, talk to us or the pastor or somebody else uh, um, you, that you're praying about taking a mission trip, do it, because you'll never regret it. It's a wonderful experience. So Irena's going to come up, and she is quite the preacher. She always was. Yeah. I felt like Tom was uh, announcing uh, um, to go on a mission field to find a spouse. <laughs> If that's, if that's what God have for you, then, you know, so be it. Listen, there are a lot of broken people. Not just outside of the church, but within the church. And I believe that the, the word, the spirit of the Lord is upon us, is that we carry the presence of God wherever we go. We carry, Bible says we carry the treasure in the earthen vessels, so the excellency is of him and not of us. So wherever you go, God is going with you. Wherever Diane is doing the mighty work in Ghana, whether uh, Brandon was in Czech, I'm telling you, he's a powerhouse. He was ministering to people like you have never seen him. When you're stepping out in faith, God will bless it. He doesn't need a capable people. He needs a willing people. Because not all of us are capable. Can you imagine that if, if the gospel, preaching the gospel, would be only hanging out capable people? We'll be here for a long time. So the God is calling us to bring the reconciliation. You know, bring people to God. Reconcile them. I heard a while ago, and I believe it's a Holy Spirit who's telling this thing. He says, whenever you lead people to the kingdom of God, they will stay. Whenever you lead them to the church or denomination, something happened and they will leave. That's a great wisdom. Leading people to the kingdom of God, he will decide where they go where he planned them, where he placed them to go. And we should rejoice in that. If you belong to some other church, you don't want to be here. <laughs> so the, the God called us, and I believe that as we minister in the area where he called us, is it, just, just be honest, any of you that don't know what God have called you to, raise your hands. You have absolutely no idea what he called you to be honest we're going to pray at the end and I believe that God will stir up the gift within you whether it's making a coffee whether you're making a garden or whether it's ushering people into the, into the church whatever it is God is looking 
for willingness and faithfulness in doing it. Maybe you clean the church. That's a ministry. It's a ministry of help. And most of the time, we're not at the pulpit. Most of the time, you with the people, they need you to be. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has that anointing on each one of us. There is no exceptions. You don't feel like anointed when you get up in the morning or when you have a fight like Stephanie or the whole uh, Valerie uh, family. Especially when you don't feel like the anointing is there to, to point it out, to show the way. And it's up to us to line up with that word. God, you said, you will never leave me nor forsake me. God, you said your word, and I'm standing on your promises. They will never return a void. And it's a decision. It's a decision that I have to make every single moment. God, it's either you or nothing. It's either you or nothing. You know what? I don't know where my home is, so I'm saying my home is in heaven. Because you will always feel like you're missing out something. If I'm in check, I'm missing my beloved brothers and sisters here in U.S. If I'm here, they're people, they're part of me. But we need to live in the life of the kingdom of God. That's the best. Because wherever you are, you can enjoy being where you are and where God placed you to. Um, it's the spirit of the Lord that makes us smart. He makes us quicken. He makes us bright and brilliant. Not within our own intellect, but what the spirit of the Lord is. He will give you what you need when you need it. And some of you may be been disappointed and discouraged that you have not seen some area of your lives that being changed, it doesn't mean that it's not going to change. Just because you don't see it at the moment doesn't mean it's going to stay there. We need a faith when we don't feel like walking in faith. If, if everything goes well, it's an easy ride. But... When things are not going well and go in a 10 different directions, then that's where you need a faith to exercise. God, you said. Uh, Isaiah 6, 8, I think it says that the Lord has spoken, say, who is going to go for us? And who shall I send? The Isaiah was quick after he's been cleansed. God have touched uh, take the coals and touch his lips and say, your sins are forgiven. Your iniquity have been cleansed. And God hath called Isaiah to be the spokesman for God. When you say, here I am, Lord, send me. You might not know where, you might not know whom, but just the willingness Open your heart and say, God, I want to be what you need me to be. And wherever I go, I'll be there. That's what he needs. And I believe that 
when God calls us, it's not when we accepted Christ. That calling has been there since we were conceived. Since we were conceived, he made a plan and we just grow into it. So if you're not sure what your calling is or you just need to have a confirmations within your spirit, which direction to go, um, there's always time that you can come to God and say, I need some clarification. He's waiting for it. God is waiting for us to come to him and say, Lord, what do you mean by that? <laughs> God is not nervous. He's not offended. He's, he's just waiting for us to come to him as a father. And maybe that's the area of our mind or mindset of having the bad experiences with the religion. That we're afraid to come to God to ask him for things. And Jesus uh, encouraged us. He says, if you come to the Father and ask for the fish, he's not give you something bad. But that's where the religion is saying, if you sin, God is going to punish you. True? That's what the religion says. No. The gospel, the good news says, because Jesus was punished for you, he take all your sins upon you. You're cleansed and you're washed. You repent? Yes. I'm sorry for missing the mark that you have placed for me, but I'm turning away from it and I'm going to follow you. That's where it's supposed to be. But not in fear, but in the confidence that he knows what I need, that he hears me when I call, and he'll listen. He'll listen. So I just want to encourage you this morning. I, I know there's a lot more that we can do. <clears throat> just this past year, there was a times when the Holy Spirit just sent me in the places that I'm not supposed to be. There was a time that I went to store, and God says, this particular store, I went without shopping bags, which is impossible for ladies. <laughs> Go in the store without shopping bag, and you, you see how your mind is just going 100 miles an hour. Why do I go there? Don't question, just trust. So I went to the store, and I walk into the store, and all of a sudden, the, the Holy Spirit show me in the one, one aisle, the elderly woman, that she was reaching out for stuff to put it in the carriage. And he says, go there. So I went there and lifting up the, there was a six pack of a two liter bottles. And uh, she says, oh, thank you. Uh, I stayed there 45 minutes, minister to this lady. People were passing by like they have not seen us. We were in the God's presence. Nobody bothered us. Nobody ever asked questions. What are you doing here? And for 45 minutes, she opened up and told me her whole life. She says, even my mother have not heard this. And the people need to have someone to hear 
to listen. She says, it is so good to say those things. I feel so comfortable sharing these things with you. She was 84 years old. There are people that God have placed in your life that he will show you where to go and what to do. That each one of us are called to different things. And I know if you want to minister to people, you have to love them. Without love, it's a law. But with the love, it's a powerful tool that you can touch the lives and change the whole course of their lives. Be the light, be, be, be the strength, be the, the wisdom, be the hope for them. And I do believe that God called us to preach the gospel would they respond to it, that's between them and God. We're not dragging them to the church. We're not pulling them. Of course, we want them to grow. We want them to, to grow in the depth and also grow in the numbers. But our responsibility, God says, go to the whole world, Matthew 28, the, the Great Commission. Go to the whole world and preach the gospel and make disciples for those who believe. If they hear the gospel, it's between them and God how they're going to respond to it. And it takes a huge burden of us as a responsibility if they don't. God will still send Jesus even if nobody would believe. He would still send even if there will be a one person. That's the same with the gospel. You preach the gospel and leave the results up to, up to God. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Don't take that burden upon yourself that they don't believe. Preach the word and the word will do the work. Amen? Um, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Say that with me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the meek or to the poor, to the rich, to needy. He has sent each one of us to do the work of a ministry. All I need to do is just come to God and say, here I am, Lord. If you make that dedication... Uh, to God, you know, consecration for yourself. <coughs> that God will do the work through you. You're just a vessel, not just a vessel, you're a vessel. Let me say it that way. You're a vessel that he can use at any time. Maybe three o'clock in the morning when it's uncomfortable, when you have to pray and intercede for someone on the other side of the world that you have no idea. But it's a trust. God, you said, I'm willing. I want to be here. I want to be here for you, God. Even if nobody else go, I'm here, Lord. Like the Isaiah said that. If you want to send anybody, send me, Lord. Amen? And that's a decision. It's good to hear it in the church, but when you get up in the morning next day, it's a decision that you have to make. I'm here, Lord. What do you have for me today? I, my experience is that God is not going to show you 
years ahead. <laughs> because we would get scared. One day at a time. Sometimes the 24 hours, out of the 24 hours, I don't know how many hours you sleep, but even the 8 or 12 hours a day is sometimes a challenge. And God's wisdom is such that he will give us what we need at that time so we can receive it and walk in it. And it just brings more and more and more. I do believe that we're going to be praying for people. I believe that there is anointing for impartation. There's anointing to confirm what God has placed in your life. If there is a confusion, if there is a chaos, if there is uh, uncertainty, I believe that God is able to break it. So you can see clearly what God has called you. He needs you. God needs you. He created the need within himself for you so you can go. He created that need within himself for you so you can go with him. Not working for him as a boss, but working with him side by side. Do you know what I'm saying? Working with him side by side. Lord, what do you say about this situation? Not saying this way. But also my experience is, if people know their love, they're accepted, anytime they would be in your presence, if they're loved and accepted, that will bring change. They know they're loved even before they can do anything. And that's how God treats us. He didn't wait until we clean ourselves so he can use us. He says, if you're willing, I'll cleanse you and prepare you for what I have for you. And that's what he needs. Amen? All of us are on a different level spiritually. But God works on the each level. And it works for our good. He works on each level. So he will do the work of a ministry in us and through us. So I just want to encourage you, if you have the need, and if you feel like you need to have clarity in uh, concerning your calling, I want to invite you in. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to lay hands on you. And uh, if there are any brave people, they always have to be somebody first. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.